0: Is the world about to end? A special lesson on our currently challenging times. Hi, I'm Yvonne Pran from Bible 805. It may not be labeled as World War III, but the world is at war. For the people of Ukraine enduring the unspeakable horrors we see every day on TV, for those of us who watch, pray, and I trust, give all we can to support the humanitarian efforts, our hearts are at war with fears for them and fears for ourselves with the threat of nuclear annihilation hanging over the world. We ask, what if, what if this or some other disaster happens to us or those we love? And then of course, the pandemic rages on. In the midst of all this seemingly end of the world challenges, what should we do? This is a special podcast, an interruption in our reading through the Bible commentary, because I feel it's needed. I care about you, and I want to comfort and encourage you during this time. I want to give you some spiritual advice and some practical advice from God's Word and from C.S. Lewis' essay, The World's Last Night. The most important thing, though, before I go on, that you need to do is to be sure you have a saving relationship with Jesus, that you have trusted Him as your personal Savior for time and time and eternity. To do that, in the most brief description I can give you, it's for you to simply confess you're a sinner and to ask for His forgiveness and salvation. And then be prepared to follow Him for however long He gives you life. Learn how to do that by reading your Bible. And if you'd like to see a more detailed explanation of how to become a Christian and who is the Jesus who saved you, check out the podcast or the video on The Story of the Bible is Good News, The Good News of Salvation in Jesus. Now, just in case you feel bad coming to God simply because you're terrified. Maybe you feel like a foxhole prayer is, is not a great thing. No, a foxhole prayer, something in a panic, something because you're in a dreadful situation is just fine. God accepts us at any time under any circumstances. When you're too afraid to do anything else, he welcomes you with open arms as he did the thief on the cross who could only plead, remember me when you come into your kingdom, and to whom Jesus responded, Today you will be with me in paradise. Come to him at any time, for salvation, or simply because you are afraid. Settling your eternal destiny is foundationally important, because world war or not, any day could be your last day. I almost died this last year, when my heart decided to quit functioning properly. I was in the hospital when it happened, and after them calling a frantic cold blue and a rescue scene that was similar to like something out of a bad movie, I was pulled back into life. Had I been home alone, I wouldn't be writing this. And then another reminder to me on the potential shortness of life is this last week, and we were on, my husband and I were on a ministry trip. We had to drive down from Ventura to San Diego and back. I hate the LA freeways. They terrify me. And there were accidents where people didn't make it home. The point is, we need to live always ready to face our Lord the next moment. So when someone recently asked me how we should live with all that is going on, my first answer was, how should you always live? You should be ready to meet the Lord because you could at any time, no matter what is happening in the rest of the world, whether it's wonderful or terrifying. But these are extraordinary times, and so I want to give you a more in-depth answer. After your eternal salvation is secured, we want to go back to the question of how should we live in this particularly fearful time. As with every question, let's look for an answer in God's Word. A good place to look is what is at what is called the Olivet Discourse. This is one of Jesus' last sermons before his crucifixion. Now, I'm not going to go into any sort of prophetic speculation about, well, this is obviously a sign of this, and this is that. I, there's been all kinds of debate on that. That's not what's really important. And Jesus quite clearly tells his followers that no one knows precisely when the final curtain will fall on this earth. But he does have some very specific advice on how we should live, no matter what is going on, where he says in Matthew 24:42 through 50, and this is in the Phillips translation, You must be on the alert, for you do not know when your master is coming. You can be sure of this, however, that if the householder had known what time of night the burglar would arrive, he would have been ready for him, and would not have allowed his house to be broken into, That is why you must always be ready, for you do not know what time the Son of Man will arrive. Who then is the faithful and sensible servant whom his master put in charge of his household to give others their food at the proper time? Well, he is fortunate if his master finds him doing that duty on his return. Believe me, he will promote him to look after all his property. But if he should be a bad servant who says to himself, My master takes his time about returning, and should begin to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with drunkards, that servant's master will return suddenly and unexpectedly, and will punish him severely, and send him off to share the penalty of the unfaithful to his bitter sorrow and regret. The most important thing we can do, no matter how crazy the world is, as this passage shows, is to keep doing what God called you to do. There's always the temptation to think the Master will be a long time coming and to either party in whatever way you prefer or self-indulge in drink or drugs or maybe in the more socially acceptable ways in food, in binging on social media, in shopping, what whatever you prefer, or perhaps to just quit doing the often mundane or perhaps terribly challenging work of ministry that you've been called to do. It can be tempting to think, if it's all going to be blown up tomorrow, why should I not just focus on myself? Why should I work on serving the church, or ministering to the homeless, or praying one more time about a seemingly impossible request? Quite honestly, To live just focusing on yourself can be really confusing and empty. And think, think about this, how foolish you would feel if you quit doing good things, if you quit doing ministry, if you caved into fears, if you just sat in a corner and ate and drank and waited until the end of the world and if it didn't come right away. (laughs) Because it might not come for a thousand years, or it could come tomorrow. We don't know. That's why we need to keep doing what God has called us to do. For me, it's tremendously comforting to know that, to simply sit down, work on my lessons, my housework, my church, my job that supports the ministries. I don't know what the future will hold, but I do know what I need to do right now to continue to fulfill the calling God has given me. I'm challenged enough trying to just get Bible 805 and effective church communications lessons on a consistent schedule. I've had all sorts of physical problems and financial problems and uh, hardware problems and, and yesterday the whole computer went down and and the internet quit because some critter had chewed through all the cables underneath the house and they had to come out and replace And and, I mean, just, you know, all sorts of things happen. But I just, you know, buckle down. Today I'm back at the computer working on this and trusting that the Lord will take care of what He needs to take care of. And I just need to be faithful in what He's called me to do. When I get panicky like that, I think back once again to that passage in Matthew where Jesus says that his servants should be faithfully working to give others their food at the proper time. And I trust that the ministries I'm called to do feed those who need it spiritually. I That's why I'm doing this special podcast and video because I know many of you are worried and it's scary and it's a trying time, but I hope it feeds you. I hope it encourages you. So I just put my head down and I work on it. I've also found some of C.S. Lewis's words helpful and I'm going to share those with you now they come from his essay the world's last night and I recommend reading the whole thing but I'm just going to pull some things out of it that I think you'll you'll find helpful first of all his summary on Jesus teaching of his coming and of the world's end he st- he starts out by saying his teaching on the subject quite clearly consists of three propositions one that he will certainly return two that we cannot possibly find out when, and three, that therefore we must always be ready. Lewis goes on to say, Precisely because we cannot predict the moment, we must be ready at all moments. There will always be wars and rumors of wars and all kinds of catastrophes, as there always are. Things will be, in that sense, normal. The hour before, the heavens roll up like a scroll. In that normalcy of wars and challenges, C.S. Lewis says, we're often frustrated in not being able to figure out what's going on, because, he says, we keep on assuming that we know the play. We do not even know if we're in Act 1 or 5. The author knows that has a meaning, that it has a meaning, we may be sure, but we cannot see it. When it is over, we may be told, we are led to expect that the author will have something to say to each of us on the part each of us has played. The playing it well is what matters infinitely. To play our part in life well. What a wonderful challenge. Not to simply endure when life is challenging, but to do well in God's eyes. That is a goal, no matter how difficult our situation. And in that meeting with the author, Lewis goes on to say, Happy are those whom it finds laboring in their vocations, whether they were merely going out to feed the pigs, or laying good plans to deliver humanity a hundred years hence from some great evil. The curtain has fallen. Those pigs will never in fact be fed. The great campaign against whatever will never in fact proceed to victory. No matter. You were at your post when the inspection came. Great work can be done in the most humble of tasks if in everything we constantly check in with our Lord and ask, is this pleasing to you, Lord Jesus? But what if it gets really horrible? It is for the people of Ukraine. And it may be for some of us. We don't know what may come. But in the light of eternity, I'm encouraged by remembering a scene in the movie Paul, an Apostle of Christ, where Luke was asked by a little girl in Rome whose family was most likely soon to be captured and thrown to the lions. And she asked him, will it hurt to die? And he honestly answered her, yes, but only for a little while. No matter what your pain, Emotional, physical, financial, whatever tragedy you or our nation or whatever people, small or large, are called to go through, no matter what happens now or what may come, it will only be for a little while. But an equal danger is that it might get much better. And in some ways that's an even greater challenge because we have more choices when things are going well. If and when this current crisis is over, we will heave a collective sigh of relief and go back to business as usual, whatever that might be. But in that, we should be concerned that our fighting edge for the Kingdom of God will not be dulled, that our sense of readiness and expectation will fade. Jesus knew that that would always be a temptation, and he warned his followers about it when he said, But be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping, or, as another translation says, occupied with the problems of this life, like all the rest of the world. Otherwise, that day is going to take you, by complete surprise, spring on you suddenly like a trap for it's going to come on everyone, everywhere, at once. So whatever you do, don't fall asleep at the wheel. Pray constantly that you will have the strength and wits to make it through everything that's coming and to end up on your feet before the Son of Man the apostle peter put a similar thought in this way this is in second peter 3:10 through 14 when he says but the day of god's judgment but when the day of god's judgment does come it will be unannounced like a thief the sky will collapse with a thunderous bang everything disintegrating in a raging inferno earth and all its works exposed to the scrutiny of judgment. Since everything here today might well be gone tomorrow, do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? Daily expect the day of God, eager for its arrival. The galaxies will burn up and the elements melt down that day, but we'll hardly notice. We'll be looking the other way, ready for pro- for the promised new heavens and the promised new earth, all landscaped, with righteousness. So my dear friends, since this is what you have to look forward to, do your very best to be found living at your best in purity and in peace. This reminds me of what a friend of Dallas Willard said when he died and he said that Dallas had such a close walk with the Lord that when he died he probably didn't notice. What a challenge, what an example, what a prayer to live in that way. But most of us aren't like that at present. We have our fear, our worries, our feeling that we all fall short. And for that, I have one more passage from the Bible and a few concluding comments. To close, I want to share with you, first of all, some words from Psalm 46, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about this passage. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Behold the works of the Lord. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. I'm closing with this psalm not only because of the comfort of the words, but because of the authorship of this psalm. It's very significant. You may need to be encouraged by it if maybe you feel that somehow you aren't worthy of God's care and trials, or perhaps you have a hard time trusting God because what may have happened to you in the past... Psalm 46 was written by the sons of Korah, and if anyone had a bad, undeserving past, it was them. Their ancestry included one of the great judgments in the Old Testament. In Exodus 16, when Korah, their ancestor, Dathan and Abiram, rebelled against Moses, and the earth swallowed them up alive. But the line of Korah did not die out, nor did they quit in their service to God. The line went on to include Samuel the prophet, warriors with King David in first Chronicles 12, and finally, as we see in this psalm, songwriters praising God. The sons of Korah lived the lesson that I'm sharing today. They experienced a great calling after the exodus as part of the tribe of Levi. Then came judgment, then came war, and many trials as a group. But there were those who kept on with their calling and continued to praise God no matter what the circumstances around them. Their lives and this psalm remind us to stay in God's Word. We'll be back on the next podcast and video going through the Bible, but regardless, stay in God's Word. Be encouraged in it. A grounding in God's Word will give you the spiritual strength you need and remind you as you look at how God worked at the lives of those in the past before you, that no matter what has happened to you, no matter what the challenges you face today or tomorrow, keep your eyes on Jesus. Do your best in what he's called you to do in big or small things because someday the challenges will be over and it will be abundantly worth it. That's all for now. Please check out the lesson notes and other materials at www.bible805.com. Until next time, I'm Yvonne Prynne, your fellow pilgrim, writer, and teacher for Jesus, and I'd like to close with this benediction. May you know the invitation of God to move from confusion to clarity, from wandering to rest, from loneliness to knowing you are loved, from turmoil to peace, from wherever you are on your spiritual journey. To a growing knowledge of God's Word, and in your personal relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.